Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the PGA DraftCast brought to you by WindDailySports.com. Just a quick reminder that Windaily Sports doesn't just cover golf. They cover the NFL, the NHL, MLB, NBA, soccer, MMA, NASCAR, you name the sport. Windaily Sports has projection models, optimizers, articles, and our famous Discord chat to cover it all. Now, if you click the promo link below and you type in Win Big or Green, you will get one week free of Windaily. And then after that, it is just $5.99 per week for all of that, including some of our betting content. Now, let's get to the PGA DraftCast, where we have proven track records with Joel, Spencer, David, and myself. Let's have some fun. Get in the chat. Make sure you subscribe to the page, and make sure you hit the like button. Let's do this snake draft. Let's do the PGA DraftCast. Let's do it right now. PGA Nation! We are back, and we are back in a big way. The PGA Championship, what a big week this will be. Of course, when we're bringing the big majors, we're bringing the big guns with us. If you bet on golf, you already know who it is. Tambo, thanks for joining us tonight. How you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. Excited for this format. I've, I've tuned in quite a few times, checked it out. I know the people love it. I love it. I think it's just an interesting way. Don't see anybody really doing content like this. Mayo myself, I've started doing some lineup stuff. I was telling you guys pre-show, most have maybe seen it, but this is a way cooler way of doing it because it puts you on the spot. And I'm already nervous because when I have to list things or come up with stuff on the fly, that's when I can stumble a little bit. But good crew here. Happy to be here with you guys. Thanks again so much for having me. We certainly appreciate you coming on, drafting with us tonight. We super appreciate your insights. Unfortunately, you're not going to get a win. But your insights are valued. See, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Really good week last week. Uh, my lineup, listen, it didn't win in terms of our draft cast, but I, I did have a sweat. I noticed Sambo was wearing the hashtag ship it hat. I almost had a ship it moment. And by the way, Tambo, we'll talk like about that. that new venture of yours um, at shipitnation.com in, in a few minutes. But I almost won the $100 SC, the, the 75K long drive. I had uh, I had Scotty Scheffler, I had Jaeger, I had Seabez. Bramlett, Carson Young, and I'm forgetting one other player. If Scotty Scheffler had just been able to close the tournament instead of Spencer's boy, Jason Day, um, I, I would have come in first or second. So I was a little frustrated watching him down the stretch. But listen, we are we are kind of running into the right guys. This show has done a really good job sort of vetting out the cream that is rising to the top. And uh, I'm hoping for the PGA Championship. With all these contests available, I'm hoping we can get some winners. I love it. I love it. Spence, talk to me. How are you doing this week? I'm doing well. It's obviously a good week with Jason Day winning, but I have to say I was looking at the results from the last tournament and you know I do a lot of content. Maybe I have forgotten. I didn't see Jason Day in my lineup. I think somebody may have taken him out of my lineup for me. So if he was in yours, Joel, you probably stole him from me. So unfortunately, Day was not the reason why I could win last week's contest. David ended up being the winner. I think he beat me by 10 or 12 points or whatever the number ended up being. And that Hideki decision over day ended up costing me there. But uh, very excited to do the show. Tambo, thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, it should be a fire episode here for the PGA Championship. I will add, before we move off of that topic, not only did I take day, I talked smack about it to you as I took him during the show. I made you feel bad about it. I stole him. He went on to win the tournament. And I still lost to David, even with him. So, Good job, David, coming through with the draft win last week. Another big draft tonight. Uh, we're going to dive right into the draft rather quickly tonight, get things moving. Before we do, 
We are going to get the best course breakdown in the industry, especially valuable this week at Oak Hill up in New York because you know, we don't always play here. So this is not like there's going to be a ton of data, but it'd be really good to get a breakdown of what to look for and how we can find some value in our picks this week. Spence, what are you looking for? Yeah, so we have Oak Hill Country Club. It's a little under 7,400 yards, par 70. It's going to be bent grass greens. I think beyond anything else, you're going to need to throw out anything you you believe you've learned about this venue in the past when it's hosted the PGA Championship, which in the last 20 years, it's not to say that there isn't still some semblance of that plotter's paradise lurking when we dive into the new look but old style venue. But there are so many factors pointing in the direction of quality total drivers that have plus distance and a good imagination to scramble over the more basic answer that it generated 10 to 20 years ago. We see that when we highlight that the tournament is getting played in May versus August. A lot of the weather later in the year still presented the ability to get rollout with your drives, where I believe the colder nature of May and the wet conditions of the past few months will start to accentuate that luscious rough and the distance-reduced nature of the grounds. I did add 35% of my total driving amount to accuracy because I don't think you can freely bomb away. However, golfers that can clear the fairway bunkers will be much better suited to play from the rough than those who get caught inside the difficult-to-escape sand tracks that are going to loon at all terms for everybody in the field. And honestly, that's going to be one of the most pronounced situations with every bunker on this course. So pretty much all of them are proper penalties that will often make you either play away from the hole when you get closer to the green. Um, you know, you have these false fronts and, and these areas with the shaved runoff areas there the fourth smallest greens on tour in size. Like it's a really difficult venue because of the weather here. For me, I'm going to be looking for top notch total drivers that have shown an inclination to score on difficult tracks. And then really just give me the player who can also avoid danger with their sand safe scrambling and bogey avoidance totals. Um, I don't know what you guys think to me, this is probably going to be a single digit under par winner or very near that amount. So I'm really looking for the golfers that can prevent disaster with their total rather than the ones that were, you know, on a common week, you typically look for these like players that are going to create opportunities, but there's a lot of non-existent opportunities this week. So uh, I guess to simplify that answer, it's going to be good total drivers, players that are good with their long irons, players that can scramble and save out of the bunkers. And um, it's kind of that five tool player that can do everything that you want. There you have it. That is super helpful, especially this week, as the data, the history, a bit limited on this course. But, you know, it's a PGA Championship. It's going to be challenging, right? They're going to make it. They're going to turn it up. They want the creme to rise to the top. And that's certainly what we can expect this week. Now, without further ado, don't forget, smash the like button. Give us a follow. It goes a long way. I'm going to pull up the draft board now as I do so. Um I want to give everyone a little quick reminder of the rules. So we're a snake draft, as we always do. Order will be um, Sia and audience going first, followed by Spencer, Tambo, and myself. And I'll be on the wheel going back. You have to stay within your draft king salary. So you can't just take Rom Shuffle and all the best players. Make sure you draft accordingly. Um, We're having a, I'm having a problem with the draft board. Can someone else maybe share it? It's not going. Well, we go. All right. I can tell you that the audience, you know, they're, they're on top of it. Okay. I see Stewie in here saying Bryson. I, I don't, I think we already have a pick. So I think he was kidding there, but we already have our first pick. It's not a surprise. 
It's John Rom. That's who I would have picked first too. So I'm glad I'm part of team uh, CEO audience. Sambo, I want to ask you real quick because, you know, I'm seeing in Spencer, I want to ask you this too, because I'm seeing in some betting markets that, that John Rom is a slight dog to Scotty Scheffler in, in more often than not. That's what I'm seeing. I really like John Rahm in this tournament. And Tambo, I know when you and Pat are doing your show, you're talking about ownership a lot and, and just kind of different lineup constructions and things, things of that nature. That's what we try to do on this show too. I see John Rahm is about 5% right now. He's tracking, actually, he's about the same as, as uh, in that 20%, 22% range as uh, Scotty Scheffler. Do you have a preference between those two guys? I, I always like Rom. I've said it since the start of the season, so the audience is right on with it. The numbers do. I think if you're looking at projection sites or some of the sites that do the data where you're going and weighing in certain stats and pulling it and then seeing what it puts out for, whether it's your T20 odds or whatever you want to look at there, it actually does prefer Scotty. And their ownership is almost identical, at least what I'm seeing, 20 to 22 range on each is where it looks like right now. But mm -hmm. I'm sticking with Rom. Last season was a bit of a lull. This season came back. My, my partner in crime on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Kenny Kim said it best. I think Rom had a bit of a chip on his shoulder coming into the season. Obviously, now he, we, we joked about it. he's got the nanny in place and everything with, for the kids. He's all got all that taken care of. Home life is good. And, of course, he came out, got, wins the Masters. I've made a bold call at the start of the season. It's not bold because it's John Rom, but I think it's bold when the other guy's odds should be much better. But I said I think Rom could complete the career Grand Slam before some of the other guys like Rory, like Jordan Spieth. And it could start this week. Obviously, he gets this one. That's going to be big. So, and then it just has to close out with the open. So, I definitely think there's a chance we just see it again this week, even though the numbers will like Scotty. But, Rom, no matter what, uh, you know, one last thing I'll say, rant on, but the zigzag theory here of you have to be bombers, you have to be all this. And now today, Joel Damon coming out with his caddy and saying, eh, fa fairways are pretty fast, firm, everything you're seeing. Scotty commented on that as well. The thing about Rom is it doesn't matter what the conditions are. All that matters yeah. is, it, is it a tough test of golf? He's the guy that comes through no matter where. We've seen him at Memorial just blow, blow the field out, even with this two-stroke penalty, go on and win by a bunch. Like The guy's just incredible. So I'm going to stick with John Rahm as my preference between those two. Spencer, do you think it's an error in the market that, and we're going to get to your pick in a second, that Scotty Scheffler is actually, like, not only is he a favorite, but, you know, I, I've seen, like, plus 100 for John Rahm against Scotty Scheffler, you know, minus 102, minus 105. And I understand, you know, the formula uh, to some degree, like the T-degree numbers – the ball striking numbers for Scotty a little bit better than John Rom, but the putting's not. You know what I mean? I think I feel like John Rom has the complete game. Shouldn't these at least be minus one ten, or John Rom be a slight favorite, or, or do you agree with the market here? No, I kind of agree with everything that Tambo just said, and and he's right. If you look at some of these sharper markets, they are going in the direction of Scotty Scheffler, and I can't necessarily say I agree with that. There, there's three things in my model, and we're talking about. I mean, I think if you're running a model and these are not your top two win equity guys, you're doing something wrong at the end of the day here. But Rom is the number one win equity player for me in this field. Number two is Scotty Scheffler. But Scheffler has three problems in my model that is at least concerning enough to where I'm going to point it out. And when a decision needs to be made, because we are still talking about two golfers that are going to be two of the five highest owned players. They're probably going to be pushing near that 25% mark here. And mm -hmm. so with Scheffler, Bent grass putting, putting in general this season, but bent grass putting, there's a negative uh, trajectory in my model there. 106 for me in strokes gain on bent grass. We look at the sand save numbers. This is a weighted sand save numbers. This is compared to the field. 126 for me. And I kind of talked about the problems that you could run into there with having to play sideways. And now if all of a sudden, you know, you're sticking it 
on your shot to, let's say, 10 to 15 feet, and now he's not making the putt for par, there's a lot of problems that can come into play there. And then the third problem that is kind of a potential issue here when you compare him to the other top names here, 81st in my model in weighted proximity from outside of 200 yards. If we're saying that there's going to be some potential that could run into problems, specifically if you find these bunkers and now he has a problem inside the bunkers and then he has a problem with the putter, like it just, I'm so much more likely to want to play John Rahm and I'm sure we can have the conversation and most of the industry seems to be landing on this answer right now to where the 9,000 has a lot of ownership to it with a lot of those names there. And I think some people are willing to start there. I don't know if I'm necessarily making that same answer because I do like Rom this week, but for me, there's a lot of passes up in the top there. I'm not saying Scheffler is necessarily a pass for me, but there are three red flags that are, I was at least concerned enough about to where if I'm directly comparing at the same ownership and virtually the same price tag, I would rather play John Rom if in that situation. Well, speaking of taking a pass on guys, Spencer, it's your turn to not take a pass on somebody. Who's your first pick? So there's, I talked about the top two win equity choices and I'm not going to take Scheffler for all the reasons that I said. I'm going to go with a very popular choice here inside the market. Like I could see him being the third highest owned player. I, I think this is a golfer for me that we can make an argument about Rory McIlroy at this tournament and, and Cantley and some of these other players here. But my third win equity choice in this event was actually Xander Shoffley this weekend. There's only five golfers in this field of the nine categories that I ran that graded inside of the top 50 in all of those metrics that I put together. I think when you get a course where it is likely to reach the single digit number, that safety plays really well. And, you know, there's very few golfers that we can talk about that have the scrambling I'm looking for, the bogey avoidance numbers, the sand save is still within the top 35 for me. Um, he's second in my model when we do this combination of Donald Ross designs, bent grass greens, and this mid to long par 70 venues that I like to put together. So I, I really like Xander in this tournament. And, and I think that we're going to have real potential that he wins this contest. And I know it's a very chalky choice that we're talking about here, but I am willing to play him over a guy like Rory who seems to be climbing up in ownership at this point. Well, you know who really likes Xander as well, Spencer, apparently is Tambo. Because as soon as you said his name, he kind of smiled and shook his head, much like you do, Spencer, when people take your picks. Tambo, am I right about that? I was actually going to just throw up the X because I knew as soon as he didn't, when he did his examples of you could say Rory, you could say Cantley, you know X is coming out of his mouth next. So I was like, ah, I won't call it completely. I'll let him say it and just hope that it's not him. But all it is is that I'm laughing because I have my lineup ready to go. I know it's never going to work out this way. I told you this from the start. But I was like, if I could just stick to this, it would be great. He does all the conversation. I like his thoughts on Rom with me. Then he goes, I'm not taking Scotty, though. I'm going to go on to this guy. And then, of course, starts with Xander. So, yeah, pick stolen. All that to say, I will say this, and I think it's pretty interesting, at least for DraftKings this week, is, you know, obviously starting with those top guys, one nice thing about it from a roster construction standpoint is when you pick to go with Rom or Scotty up top, you could still get a 9K guy in there. I think some will, but there is some interest in taking a guy like Rom or Scotty and then dropping down to that 8K range and filling it up there because you miss out on all the 9K guys where the ownership is going. But the more and more I looked at it since Monday, or I guess we did a Sunday early first look this week, the bottom of the board is not that great. There's names. You can make a case. You can hope. You can do whatever. But the balance build, hence where Spencer went, where I was wanting to go with Xander, I think is what I'm going to stick with. And I'm going to go with a guy that a lot of people, I think, 
I, I guess they don't think he can win big tournaments or big name events or whatever. And he gets a hard time for it. Look, he goes out and wins events. He holds off the best player in the world most recently at a tournament that he'd won previously. And that's Tony Finau taking it down at the Mexico Open over John Rahm. But everyone makes fun of him, says he can't win these big tournaments. The bottom line is this. He's got a great all-around game. He's going to win a major, I think, at some point. I don't think that's a question. It's just a matter of when. And a lot of times these guys that do get their first majors, it's at the PGA Championship. The course sets up well. He's another guy like Rom, hence why they're at the same places playing similar results, one, two, and then one, two, back to back in the in vice versa using Mexico. It's not a course comp, just saying he could show up there. But a lot of what people make fun of him for is really that he just optimizes his schedule in the best way possible and goes out and finds those wins. When they said he couldn't win, he went back to back that year. Like it was on the Netflix documentary. You can go watch that too. But all the stats line up. I think he's much like Rom in the sense of any course sets up well for him. And whether you believe it or not, it, you know, I, I think it's pretty sneaky. I don't think enough people talk about it, but his around the green game, bunker play, all that stuff, really nice touch, man. And then doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Oftentimes if he's missing a putt, it's usually birdie to make par and people give him a hard time for it. But here pars will play quite nicely. So I like Tony Finau. It lets me decide to stay within that balance range or change it up at the end if I want. This yeah, is like, an this is ahead, an Stephanie. eye for an eye situation here. So <laughs> I was hoping to start my build with Xander and Finau. I think for all the reasons that Tambo said, I don't want to double down on those spots. But um, from a value perspective, specifically at some of those twenty nine to one numbers that were out in the space, I think he's one of the best values to actually win this tournament. And I know there's this preconceived notion that he doesn't necessarily have the win equity that you're hoping for, but I tend to disagree with that. We've seen this year. His accuracy has improved. You can say that the distance has maybe taken a turn for the worse, but he's been willing to give up that distance to add to accuracy. He's the number one player in my model in a lot of iterations of how I ran it from a proximity standpoint. The irons are popping. The around the green game is good. And then the one big key that I just want to point out very quickly is we can talk about Finau's putter being streaky, but there's a positive trajectory in my model when comparing his baseline versus his projected output that I have for him on bent grass specifically, it likes him more on the surface and um, kind of the same answer that I gave for Xander of I would not be surprised if Xander won. I also wouldn't be surprised if Fina won. I have a bet on uh, both of those golfers at this point to win this golf tournament. So I like the pick from Dambo, unfortunately. Uh, not going to get him in this. You want to trade? I would still trade you. No, I mean, I, I did take the player that I thought at least had like a safer floor in it, but I, I think they're, to me, they're 1A and 1B. Yeah, I like it. Joel, you've got back-to-back -back picks here. I'm curious, though, about Tony Finau and Xander Schauffele. Listen, it, you know, it's easy to say yes to both of these guys, but we can't like everybody, right? We, there's only so many people we know are going to be in our player pool, and of course it can change, but I'm just curious. I, I really want a yes or no here before we get your two picks. Tony Finau, Xander Schauffele, are they both in your pool, or is one in and one's out? Definitely in with Xander. I like Tony. I do question his ability to hang on to a major right now and win, but he doesn't need to win, right? A top five would be enough to be worth yeah. being in your lineup here at this point. And that I do think he has in him. So I think, yeah, Fino's in my player pool as well. All right, Joel, back to back. What do we got? All right. So this didn't go the way I thought it would. I didn't foresee there being a, a scenario where I would have the option of taking Shuffler fourth. Um, with that coming up, I was planning on fully balanced. That's my strategy. I think dipping too low, you can't miss on your sixth pick. I think you're, it's going to be tough dipping down low into the 6K range this week. And I want to avoid that. So now that I'm really intrigued by the fact that Scotty got to me, I think I'm still going to pass. I'm going to start off with Patrick Cantlay here with mm -hmm. my first pick. All-around game, you know, Cantlay does everything. This does seem like the type of an event where he should really have success at. 
and his salary. I mean, there's, you know, he's what the seventh guy on the board, six or seven down. He easily could have been four or five to me. So I think there's a little bit of price value by grabbing Cantley here um, as my top dog. And then I'm going to go ahead and pair him with one of my favorite value plays on the board this week. And that's Tommy Fleetwood um, at 8k. I just like the way Tommy Fleetwood's been playing. He's been playing very consistently for the last couple of months. Uh, and I'm going to need a couple guys now between 7,500 and 8,500 to make this roster work. And so Tommy Fleetwood's one of my favorite ones. I'll, I'll go ahead and take him here as my second pick. Yeah, I think Tommy Fleetwood is particularly sneaky. I, I think there's some tremendous value there. Uh, Tambo, any thoughts on, on Cantlay and Fleetwood? Um, both of them making your player pool. I mean, Cantlay makes a lot of sense. He's also, you know, a little popular. Fleetwood, not as much in terms of popularity, but he he makes a lot of sense too. How are we feeling on those two guys? I feel better about Cantlay. I think, again, that would be the decision I'll make. And something like a single entry in that, where, again, to Spencer and both my's point, we want this guy from the start for a reason. But in something like single entry, I've got no problem pivoting off to either a, a totally different roster construction or just going to someone else. But you're not going to get a huge ownership discount. But in single entries where if you do see a delta, you're more likely to see it. So if it ends up being 22-17 in something like the $25 Millimaker, that can actually lean to 28 15 in something like a $200 single entry. It is possible. Again, hard to gauge fully right now because in majors, a little bit softer pricing, so many great players, but definitely like the Cantlay call. Fleetwood, I don't know. Again, it actually seemingly sets up perfectly for him. It's just the wonder of the ownership versus the price and other guys available in that range. So definitely in on Cantlay, not so sure on Fleetwood as of right now. All right, Tambo, it's your pick. You got Tony Finau first. Who's coming second? Yeah, I was trying to go see what I could do and spin this thing up, but I think I'm just going to go back to, uh, man, I think I'm going to just, I, I don't know what Spencer's going to do here, but uh, I'm going to change what I said off the top. I can't leave Scotty out there to this pick. Mm-hmm. So I can see I still have over $7,300 remaining when I look at the board with these two picks in there. Now it changes everything that we talked about. And going back to Joel's point, and even where we were at from the beginning, is if Tony doesn't have the win equity for me, now I've got the win equity in there. And again, I'm still at 7,300 plus and change 700. 300 and change, sorry, average. So I'm going to I'm gonna do this and go back. And I'm not sure. I'm curious, though, what Spencer would have done if Scotty was still there for him because you could still fit that, too. But I'm just get some different thoughts on that type of construction. Yeah, Spencer, it's your pick. And listen, we've already kind of covered Scotty. He's obviously like a great player and a great play. Um, would you have considered from a construction standpoint taking Xander and Scotty, or would that just have been too prohibitive from a salary standpoint? No, I, I think it's I think it's interesting. The, the, one of the reasons why I say that is there are a couple players, like I'm kind of trying to avoid most of the $6,000 names, but there are a few that I like from either a leverage standpoint or just a value standpoint with it that, um, you know, I think Cantley would have been interesting if he was still on the board for me. It would have opened up a little bit more salary that way with it, but no, I mean, Scheffler was a name I'm considering and I'm kind of giving this long-winded answer right now to try to figure out where I want to go with my next pick because I think Scheffler was probably one of the two or three names that I would have at least highly considered in that spot. But um, I'll give you five seconds oh, as I read Byron Model Maniac's uh, comments here. Tambo versus Spencer is the rivalry I didn't know I needed in my life. Well, we're going to have to extend that rivalry. You guys are going to have to steal each other's picks. But Spencer... <laughs> Who you got after Xander? All right. So I'm going to pivot a little bit from the initial plan here. I'm going to go with another player that's looking at about 15% ownership here in the $9,000 range. I'm going to take Sung JM. I think that on a given week, I am higher than consensus on him. 
almost every single time that we do this show and we have a conversation. And um, if we look at his recent results, five straight finishes within the top 17, I believe he's trending in the right direction with his game. And it's kind of the answer that I, I would give about him in almost any single tournament. When the score gets reduced and it becomes more difficult to score, I think his win equity actually increases in these spots. And um, I punched a ticket on him at 40 to one. That's pretty much my outright card now that we've talked about at this point of all these names. So um, I'm going to bet on what the perceived upside that I actually do believe I have on him. The only metric that really showed negative for me would be that distance total of what I ran. But it's kind of like Tambo was talking about a second ago. I think if you start weighing this primarily for distance or primarily for one way or another, you're really doing a disservice to your builds at this point. Then like I have a seven and a half percent weight on distance. That number that I have for Sungjae from a weighted distance standpoint of 80th still puts him as a top seven projected play for me. So I'll go with Sungjae. And then from there, I guess we will figure out a way to make it different again. I don't mind Sungjae. I haven't decided if I'm going there or not. But uh, Joel, I got to ask you, in or out on Sungjae M? In. I was going to – he was dialed up to be one of my next picks. So I like it. Good pick. All right. Well, speaking of next picks, it looks like we have at least one of two. Maybe the audience – there's a lot of you in here. If you haven't already hit the like button, please hit it. Um, I know that Wyndham Clark is one of our two nominations here, which I love. Uh, very fitting that both David and I nominated him. This was not planned, but it was David and I that – as David likes to say, tipped him at 75 uh, to one and he's 7,500 here two weeks ago at the Wells Fargo. I love Wyndham Clark's game. Um, I really do. The, the approach is pristine. The off the tee is pretty good. Ironically, not quite as good as it was a couple of years ago, but he is really dialed in with the ball striking in general. The approach short game is there. Putting is there. Absolutely love him. And the second guy looks like it's Matt Fitzpatrick. Talk about all around game. You know, Spencer, you talked about in your course breakdown, five tool players, right? Matt Fitzpatrick is that guy, and he had that he had that really tough stretch, right, where we we think he was just shaking off his neck injury. I mean, that's what it, all appearances are that he was shaking off an injury. Because if you look at his last three measured events, Fitzpatrick is back. Fitzmagic is back. I I absolutely think he's like if you go down to like the eighty four hundred, maybe as low. I, I, that might be the lowest I'd go from a win equity standpoint. I think Fitzpatrick is live to win. I I personally. I wouldn't put money on Lowry or Burns or Thigala or, or Tom Kim, like the guys under him. A couple long shots I'd probably take in that in that 7K range, but I think Fitzpatrick has win equity here. So I absolutely love that pick. Tambo, Wyndham Clark and Matt Fitzpatrick, are, are you in or out on either of these guys? You should be in on Clark, but man, this ownership is really starting yeah. to scare me. The guy just played so good. and It was incredible at the Wells Fargo just to watch him get it done. Love those stories, personally, just watching that play out when these guys get their big wins at the big-time events. Kirk Kitayama at API earlier this season. Wyndham at Wells. Like All, all these things are great stories, but at 7,500, that, that range is absolutely loaded. If he actually is, like my stuff right now has him, I always range things out 15 to 18% is what I'm seeing right now troublesome again doesn't mean you yeah. can't play him the guy looks really good in everything else that you look at so it's only ownership that would have me off him. but Fitzpatrick definitely stands out Joel made some really good points there obviously getting the major monkey off his back at the same time getting the win like that that was just some incredible stuff for Willie Z hopefully we see him back soon you know sucks with the injury but that event was awesome to watch tough course major same it's just all the same setup this guy added distance to his game I, I really like the Fitzpatrick call I think that's a great one 
I won't have that in my range here because I'm not able to go balanced anymore. But at 8,400, I think he looks like a really good pick. And I actually think it's nice in that range, just talking DFS for a second or, or DK for a second, because 100 bucks more for Hatton, I think people just have more interest in Hatton there, even if it is only by 2 or 3%. So I really do like the Fitzpatrick pick there. Yeah, I, I also like the idea of getting – I know they're both – they've got some ownership, but I like the idea of having – lineup builds that have both of those guys in them just something to think about there but by the way i didn't realize Wyndham clark was bordering on 18 percent. so <laughs> obviously steven steven pilardi who is who's in the chat otherwise known as sicily kid in our discord he publishes the the final ownership article that'll be out tomorrow um late afternoon early evening but uh, obviously it looks like Wyndham clark is that dreaded 7k chalk so that's just i mean to tambo's point that, that's really something uh to look out for because you know, we're, we're playing a game here, right? And the game theory would be to pivot off some of those guys right next to him. There's a lot of them actually that are like one fifth the ownership of Wyndham Clark. So again, depending on contest size and, you know, risk and listen, there, there's probably cash games where you want to play Wyndham Clark. There's probably smaller tournaments where you might want to play Wyndham Clark, but in some of the bigger ones where you really need that ownership leverage, maybe he's not the appropriate play here. Spencer, you got Xander, you got Sungjae. Who's next? So full disclosure, I was going to take Matthew Fitzpatrick. So that's another name that has been pulled off the board for me. And I was not planning to do this. And maybe, maybe this is me overreacting to a situation of what happened last week, but I'm not going to leave my boy, boy on the board. Once again, Jason day for a major championship will be on my lineup this week. Uh, there is a lot I like about him. This is not a fandom pick that I'm making. Like the 2023 metrics are surging for him across the board. Uh, the putter looks like it's been back, at least in the last couple of events for him. You have this mid to long par 70 number that I've run for him. And this is taking every single player in the field and it eliminates every single tournament. That's not a par 70. That is not, I believe, 7,300 yards or over. So it really condenses it into a handful of tournaments. Jason Day for me, there is fourth overall in my model. He's fifth in my weighted bogey avoidance. He's third in scrambling. There's a lot to like from a metric standpoint. And uh, this isn't one of those situations to me. Like I actually thought the ownership was going to be higher than what I see right now coming off of a win. And I mean, it's not to say 14, 15% is what I currently have it at. Not to say that's a small amount, but if I'm directly comparing him and I know this will probably upset a lot of people out there because he's a very popular name or either one of these two players. Like I'm not in on Cameron Smith this week. I'm not in on Cameron Young. I would rather play Jason Day if directly comparing, even if ownership wasn't a discussion to be had in this. And when I see a difference of like one, two, three percent, I'd rather just grab my man that I want here, specifically when Fitzpatrick has already been pulled for me in the $8,000 range. And there's a lot of names in that lower part of the section that I will not have in my player pool. I'd rather just grab the man that I want. Not the first time he's authored those words about Jason <laughs> Day. Sambo, it's your pick. But before we get to your pick, uh, Joel, I want to ask you about Jason Day. I think Jason Day is a really smart call, to be honest with you. And I think in the outright market, even though obviously the, the, the odds got shorter after last week, I think 29 to 1 on Jason Day is is pretty solid, frankly. That, that's a bet I, I put out there earlier today. Are you in or out on Jason Day? Because there's plenty of reason to be on either side of this one. I'm in. I, I think Jason Day has turned a corner this season. I still think he's underpriced here at 8,900. Um, I would value him, you know, in the mid nine K range. So um, he's playing great. He really hasn't slowed down. It's been pretty consistent. I guess there's still that small vertigo concern, which for me means I can't play him because I have to avoid withdrawals <laughs> at all costs, but I still like the pick. Um, interesting point by, uh, I think I'm pronouncing this right. D foul. 
I think. Uh, that's hard to say. He's, he says, uh, does Dave feel like Finau last year won the small tournament and no one gave credit, then went out and won again? I mean, it could happen. I mean, it's golf. Anything could happen. But I definitely think, think Day is not one of those guys that's going to win last week and then just kind of like settle in and just not really like care about the next tournament. I understand it's a major, so everybody would care about it. But I think he's going to be completely dialed in. And honestly, all the metrics, he's been a little inconsistent in a couple of different places, but all signs are pointing to him being like, fully back so i like the call there uh Tambo. can i say one thing yeah. really quickly before we move on and i'll just get this out in five seconds so yeah when i said that there were five golfers in my model that graded within the top 50 of all nine of the main categories that i ran xander would be one rom would be one day would be one Finau would be one and then the other player is still technically on the board so i, I think that there's an overall level here with jason day where he's checking a lot of the boxes you hear that, everybody? We got to steal whoever that fifth guy is. Tambo, you're up first to try to steal. Who do you got after an amazing start, an expensive one? Tony Finau and Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, I don't think I can steal anything because the, what I can do though is probably get the picks I want at this point because they're mostly down at the bottom of the board. So I might get what I'm looking for here. But one guy I'm going to go with, I don't think anyone was probably going to go after him right now, but he looks pretty good to me. Solid at the RBC Heritage, 19th, fourth at the Masters, 19th at the Players. Really good stats off the tee, on approach, around the green. Everything is tee to green game is just in tune. Russell Henley at 7,300 is who I'm going to go with here. Spencer, I'm going to kick this right back to you regarding Russell Henley. I think he's a really interesting choice. He's certainly graded out pretty well for me. Um, give me give me a quick pro and con on Russell Henley before we get to Joel's back-to-back picks. I guess the pro would be he's the number one player in my model for driving accuracy. Um, we've seen him kind of the same answer I've given about a lot of these players that these mid to long par 70s, he grades for the inside the top 10 for me. The con would be that the ownership is rising by the second and he's starting to push that 10% plus number, which doesn't mean that he's out of my player pool right now. I actually tend to like him quite a bit, but I would be aware of where that number goes, if nothing else. And just with the roster, that I'm constructing. All right, Joel, you got Patrick Cantley. You got Tommy Fleetwood. I love both of those picks. You got two more coming. Who's it going to be? So I'm going to do some strategic drafting here, seeing what salary everyone has left. I have money left, but figuring you guys can't spend up. I'm going to take my low salary pick first. And I'm going to live. I'm going to the live tour. I'm going with Harold Varner III. Yes. I like it. I Harold Varner III has shown some really good results in live. I know there's still a lot of question marks. Uh, but if you just look at his most recent results, I mean, he's got, let's see, a fourth tied for eighth, 11th, 29th, and 16th in his last five. He was pretty good at the Masters. He was terrible that one terrible day with the weather. But outside of that day, he had a good week there. I think he's just playing really good, consistent golf. If you got to get a guy down in the 6K range, I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find a guy playing better golf down there than, than Harold Varner. Um, and then with that value in there, I'm going to go with another trend, another live guy. I'm going back-to-back live picks. Listen, remember the last major, the guy who came off the last live win, almost won the major in Kepka. Well, the last live winner now is DJ, and DJ's playing really well right now. He's another guy that has a few really good results. This does seem like a good course fit for him in terms of setup and design, and to get DJ at 8,800, you would have told me at a major championship before he went to live, DJ would be under 9K. I would have been shocked. So I'll take the roll of dice on DJ with high upside. I like it. Tambo, it's your pick. Any comments? Listen, I like HV3. I kind of miss him on the PGA Tour. I miss DJ too, for the record. Um, Either of those two guys on your radar. I mean, HV3, it's it's somewhat of a dart throw, but I think it's a smart play. 
Um, is DJ, I'm really curious about DJ Tambo. Is he making it into your player pool? Uh, not so far. Like, again, I like him coming into the week. I, I was talking with Kenny on Monday about it, and we were talking between Jason Day and Dustin Johnson. I said, even coming off the win, whatever, I would still actually take Dustin Johnson. I know DJ's coming off a win as well. They both were the winners. That's what we were comparing, and they're 100 bucks apart. But DJ just seems like he's getting all the ownership because of that and the course setup and all those things. He makes perfect sense to me. I just struggle a little bit more when I see it. depends, but the ownership's only around 12 I'm seeing right now. It just seems to continue to go up, but it's more so just other guys in that range that I'm more comfortable mm -hmm. with. But what I will say is Joel really scared me there multiple times because I'm targeting live guys right now in the lower end. The strategy was sound by going down, knowing that we can't go up. But then I was like, and then we said a second live guy. I thought for sure this guy was going to be gone on me, but it's my pick. I'm good to go here. I'm actually going to take Joaquin Neiman at $7,900. Uh, you know, just everything about his game. Again, I think it's an all around game. I don't think he's lost anything going over there. It's just a decision that he made. A lot of his friends feels comfortable, all those factors, but uh, just a guy that I'm, I'm very comfortable in this spot. It still leaves me. I still don't even have to dip into the sixes. I do like the HV3 call that Joel made. That would have been on the radar, but I'm going to go with Neiman at 7,900. Yeah, Neiman, 16th at the Masters. Uh, Spencer, I'm, I'm going to force you into a yes or no before you make your pick. And I also have a question for Tambo before you make your pick. Joaquin Neiman, yes or no? A big yes. Oh, wow. It's a big yes. It's a bold face yes. Joel, Joaquin Neiman, yes or no? Also a big yes. I was a big maybe, but now I'm like being peer pressured into at least a small or medium. Yes. Spencer, it's your pick, but Tampa, I want to ask you something because you're wearing the hashtag ship it hat. And I know just from being in the Twitter sphere, of course, um, you are, you have launched with, with others, of course, a new venture. I believe it's called shipitnation.com. And I know the hashtag that you like to drop on, on, on the tweets is hashtag ship it. Can you, can you tell us about it real quick? Yeah, the, the venture is quite simple. Just wanted to get get out. I've done. A, I've worked for a lot of different sites in the space, doing daily fantasy content. It's been great. All the sites that I worked for were incredible. Great people took care of me. All those factors. But really, it was just time to work on something my own. Talked with Mayo a little bit about it. He's been a bit of a mentor to me. Sort of said, you know, now would be a good time. Go out, do your own thing. See what that looks like. So I got together with some guys, put this site together. We've got. Five major sports we're focusing on. It's golf, so PGA, NFL, NBA, NHL, and right now going on MLB. It's content, tools, projections, community, much like all the other sites out there in that sense. But we want just to come in at an affordable price, try and take care of the people, get them set up for success. We The tagline is everything you need to have success with DFS. It's good fun. We've got videos on the Ship It Nation YouTube channel. People can check out if they want and go see it. There is promotional pricing going on right now, but the Ship It nation is just you know about everything people say it in poker people say it in sports people say it in anything you could see a, a golfer caddy wearing it and they're saying come on ship it like win the tournament like go get the job done so that's what we're trying to do these these tournaments are very top heavy we're most certainly trying to ship it if we want to be profitable so that's the, the sort of the lifestyle that we're getting after and just having a lot of fun with it so far we've uh, had a lot of great support out of the gates and truly appreciate it from everyone that reached out all right well everybody go to shipitnation.com check them out check out their youtube page too and of course I'm going to have David, who's who's usually on this show, but he's helping us produce the show today. Um, put in the Win Daily information too, because I know I, I know they can still get a week free, and I know it's like you, if you saw the beginning of the show, you know the promo there. But I think you can be a member of WinDailySports.com and ShipItNation.com and have a grand old time winning all the time. That, that that's how I see it. So um, I definitely think you should check out uh, anything Tambo does. I think you should check out, including ShipItNation.com. Spencer, it is your. By the way, real quick, real real quick. 
Tambo, did you see the best sitcom? You brought up Pat Mayo, so I got to ask you, did you see the best sitcom bracket? Did you listen to any of the podcasts? So, some of it, but it's not always my thing. These guys, uh, you know, I don't have time for all the pop culture people ask about. It. I don't own a video game console. I'm usually forced to watch the worst shows possible with my wife. So, you know, 90 Day Fiance and oh things like that. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not the best when it comes to shows, but I'm a little up to date on these things. What were you going to, what were you thinking? Well, no, I, I just, cause I've received so much criticism from that. I might've left a couple shows off. I'm not as big on shows like the Simpsons as maybe some other people are. Yeah. I will say this now that I have the floor right now, I am sorry. Veep and new girl. I should have had, the, I should have had that in there. I didn't. So everybody that's mad at me for that, I deserve to be yelled at for Veep and New Girl. Those are good sitcoms that were left off for reasons that are in the podcast, but they're not good reasons. Spencer, give me a good reason to like your pick. I feel like I'm on repeat right now with the answer I keep giving of my pick was stolen. And so I was going to take Joaquin Neiman. And so unfortunately he is off the board. And the easiest way to do this is an all ignore ownership. And this is probably the spot where I would have liked to have gone to a Fitzpatrick maybe to a Neiman in this situation. But without that possibility, I will go with the fifth player that graded inside of the top 50 for me in every single metric. Uh, he's going to be popular. This is a very chalky build that I have right now. I do have a name that I have at the bottom that I'm hoping will change that, but I will go with Terrell Hatton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love Hatton. I bet him last week at 55 to one. That wasn't even the best number on him. I think he opened at a lot of places around 65. It's now down to 46 to one. That's the best number you can get. I love his all-around game. I love what he's really popped with the ball striking, which he always does. But with the short game, he's really popped over the last few measured events, like really, really good short game stuff. Putter around the green. Joel, before we get to the audience pick, and hopefully they're nominating, which they are right now, uh, in or out on Terrell Hatton. Yeah, Spencer's killing me tonight. I was going to take Hatton, too, with one of my next picks. So uh, definitely in. All right. Well, team audience – do we have one of two picks in yet? I see some names that I absolutely love. Um, I see Stewie nominated Woodland, and I think we had a second. Yeah, Danny has also nominated Woodland. So Woodland is definitely in, and it looks like Fowler is our second one because I see David and Ed both nominated Fowler. Confirm that for me, everybody. Gary Woodland, 7,100, Ricky Fowler. Yet we got that. Okay. I, I like both of these picks. Obviously, Gary Woodland's going to need to find the putter, and that's actually easier said than done. I, I feel like we kind of throw that around and, and a lot of times it just ends up failing us. But the tee to green stuff for Gary Woodland, the ball striking, Joel, I'm going to go to you on this one. I really kind of love both of these picks. I think a lot of people love them. I think they're going to end up being chalky. Like right now we have a, a pretty chalky lineup as it turns out, which is interesting just because this is the PGA draft cast. Like it, it, it limits your ability to be super chalky because chalky guys are getting taken by other, other players but nonetheless, I like these two picks. Uh, are you in, a, in or out on Ricky Fowler and Gary Woodland? I'm in on both. I think from the Fowler standpoint, he's super consistent recently. I mean, top 20s everywhere each week. Ball striking is, you know, his key, and, and he's been super consistent with it. I don't see that changing. I think you get a pretty good result from him here. He seems safe to me. Woodland is, is the more variable. I do think Woodland has upside, though. His ball striking has been awesome. He's definitely trending in the right direction. The one area where there's a question mark around Woodland, the big question marks is putter. But I think the putter gets neutralized here. I think it's going to be really tough to put on these greens. So I don't think anyone's going to gain a ton of strokes putting. And if that's the case, if he can just neutralize the putter and, and ball, strike the ball really well, I think he have a good week as well. Yeah, just something to keep in mind with Woodland specifically, being in that low 7K range. Just be mindful of all the pivots around Woodland. Like if you think Woodland is God and he's going to top 10, play Woodland. It doesn't matter. 
But if you think he is volatile, at, you know, if he's super, if you think he's super volatile, which he is because of the putter, then, you know, don't go lock button on Gary Woodland or, or try to find him in some builds. Tambo, would that be your advice? I mean, I, I think Gary Woodland is, is a great pick, but, it, you know, we're in the low 7K range and he's probably going to end up 10 or 11% when it's all said and done. You have all these other guys that are in the, the 1% to 5% right around him. Like, I mean, how do you, how do you play that? Do you, do you vary it based on the contest selection? Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's often, you know, people, I don't know if they make a mistake with it so much. It's just the way it gets talked about. It's like everything's always just a one-to-one situation. Oh, you can't play this guy. Like we talked with Wyndham Clark earlier. You can play Wyndham Clark. He's a great play. You just have to be cautious of the ownership. So maybe you, instead of playing him with Xander and with Finau and with some of those guys up top, you have to play and take on the risk of some of the other guys around them, whether it's a Jordan Spieth or a Tom Kim or going to a different range. You're just getting different in other spots. Just most people always think of it as, oh, you can't play him because he's the 7K chalk. If you like him. There's lots of other ways to get different. I say it all the time. It's not who you play. It's how you play them. That's pretty standard these days. I think most people can figure it out. But it's funny to me because Woodland 7,100, I'm not sure if you checked. Uh, you have it right there. Yeah, 7,050 is my average. So we are talking pivot nation on this guy right now. And I'm going to a guy that played really well last week. I don't think, again, these courses don't compare or anything like that. But just very boom bust pick in Siwoo Kim. And if you look at his numbers, again, the guy can dial it in with the approach. He's solid. It, it's, I mean, this is a guy that's had great wins, the players champion, all these factors. Like the guy is a solid golfer. He's playing good right now, but you know that uh, I think it was hilarious. It was like last week it came out that him and Mackenzie Hughes, I believe it was, had played some of the most rounds together. Someone put out the stat of golfers that played rounds together on tour. And I, and I think it was Mackenzie Hughes, the Canadian, my fellow Canadian that said, this guy's a maniac. Basically shout out to Siwoo. We've had rounds of this that and the other, all different things that he's seen happen with Siwoo. So obviously he is very boom bust, but I don't mind him. And look, he's not coming in super low owned or anything like that. But when you look at Woodland, I think it's going to be pretty close. And I kind of like Siwoo for this spot. So I'm going to go with him at 7,100. Well, I got to say, Spencer, I'm assuming you weren't going to be on Siwoo because Sambo, this rivalry is so big now that he just skipped right over your pick. Yeah. He said, Spencer, I actually don't care who you oh, want. Because I thought you I'm said it with my pick. See, this him. is what no, always no. happens to me. No, no, Tambo, this is good. This is enhancing the rivalry. We need this. Thank you so you much. Spencer, I'm Siwoo. assuming Siwoo wasn't back on your radar on this one. So I will take Siwoo Kim here. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I won't do that. I'll let, I actually do think Siwoo is a good play in – we're kind of stuck in the same territory right now where we should be looking at around the same players. And um, I think there's a lot of pivots around Gary Woodland and I'm going to give a different one and I'm going to go lower on the salary scale and then I'll update it on Tambo's end to get Siwoo into there. But there is a golfer in this field to me that if I was comparing directly Gary Woodland versus this player, I think it's truly, and this is me saying that I like Gary Woodland. I don't like the ownership. I think it's truly a 50-50 decision. I see 15% on one guy. I see 2% on the other. Part of the reason why we have 2% on this player is because he was a late addition into the field. I kind of say it every single week on this show that I don't believe the market has corrected itself yet. The golfer I am talking about is Steven Yeager at $6,700. I think you could make a real argument that he should be $1,000 more expensive than yeah. this. His distance in 2023 has jumped nearly 30 spots in my model when comparing him to the field. So he's going to get some of that distance that comes into play. And then the projected proximity for Oak Hill is 46 spots better than his baseline output inside of my model. I will take Steven Yeager. I will avoid the temptation of going Siwoo here and just making this an absolute <laughs> circus. 
Oh, I can't believe nobody stopped me. You guys just let me run off this whole spiel and then just said, by the way, it's not even your pick. What incredible stuff. Well, so we can read Spencer now. We've done so many of these shows, Tambo, that if if he was going to draft Siwoo, you would have seen him shake his head or do something, squirm in his chair. That That's what always happens when somebody steals his pick. So it was pretty safe to say that Siwoo Kim was going to be on Team Tambo after all. Okay. Uh, Tambo, let me let me go to you on Steven Yeager. I mean, this guy's like legit. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. I had him on, on one of my big teams that I talked about on the front end of the show um, in that 75K long drive last week, and he was great. And he's just one of those guys. I, I think you're right, Spencer. Being a late addition, people aren't necessarily paying attention because they kind of have the – they sort of generate what their player pool is on, you know, when the pricing comes out. And, and we had the pricing come out here like last week. So I just don't think Steven Yeager has like made it into people's consciousness yet. And I think at 6,700, I think you're right. I think he should probably be like 7,400, like right under like that Wyndham Clark range, 7,300, something like that. It's a great value. Uh, Tambo, any thoughts on Yeager there? Yeah, anyone who knows me knows I love some Jaeger bombs. I think uh, as much as this rivalry is going great, it, it is very, we're very like-minded in the sense of what he said right out of the gate. He said something about, uh, you know, thousand bucks more and you just said it, see it too, 7,400. Everyone was waiting and when, for that price to come out because if you remember, anyone who follows it as much as I do, like DraftKings put out the three other players in that 6,600 range, give or take with like Eric Cole and some of the others. And we're waiting on Jaeger and see what his would be. And we were all thinking 7,500. And then he shows up in the pool at 6,700. So a uh, guy is an incredible talent. Many won't remember this. He had like a 59 and then Furyk on the same day shoots a 58. That was corn Ferry or web.com tour at the time back forth. Number one out of his class on the corn Ferry tour, just an incredible talent all around game, everything there that, you know, we're just waiting on something big happening with him. He's had some incredible finishes. He showed up when he needs to show up. So I love that pick by Spencer. And I apologize again for picking out of turn. That's terrible etiquette here uh, on the draft cast, but I'm glad I got my guy in the end expedited ship. But yeah, our guy, Byron, <laughs> the man, sorry. Oh no, don't be sorry at all. It's all right. It's I still have season. an opportunity at the end here to jump you. So I may end up <laughs> jumping in before you can make your pick to end this. Oh, it's that's possible. funny. Joel, uh, you've got two picks left. You started with Patrick Cantlay. You went Tommy Fleetwood, HV3, DJ. You got two more. Let's go. All right. So my first pick here, I'm going to go with Max Homa. Um, you know, listen, it was two months ago. We were talking about him as it was almost a big three with him shuffling around. That's how good he was playing. He's definitely cooled off significantly since then. Um, but at 8,700, for a guy who – he still has upside. He still had a top 10 result on his last showing. Uh, he, I still think he has the ability to find it this week and, and get you a top five, even win this tournament. So at 8,700, I think you're getting a really good value here. And like I was saying Joel, at the beginning Joel, of the show, I gotta, Joel, I got to stop you. It was not almost like the big three. Unless, <laughs> unless unless the third of that big three is Udonis Haslam, it was not like <laughs> I understand the point you're making, but I'm just saying. Give Bosch a little bit of respect. Me, I was I was giving him that respect. Well, I, I'll put it this way. Here, let me move that. I'll, I'll rephrase it. He was being priced as a top three golfer in DFS for tournaments in that time period. So going into tournaments, the way he was playing, the way his results were, he was being ticed up there in that 10K range with those other guys. To get him now all the way below 9K, um, I still think there's a lot of upside there. So I like Homa here this week. I'm also going to take another guy, similar reasoning, Sahith Thagala. Yeah. Now, is he the ideal course fit? Probably not. But he certainly does have the upside. And at 8,100, I do think you can get a top 10 out of him. You get the value at 8,100. Um, he's got an incredible amount of top 10s for someone who's 
under 8,500 this year. So I'm going to go ahead and play that upside. And as I was saying in the beginning of the show, my play here is, is, is balance, right? I think as long as you can avoid trying to dip down too low on guys that can't get in that top 10, I, as long as you can get the winner in a bunch of top 10s, that's what's good enough. I, I think the stars and scrubs approach of dip, dip, diving down too low this week, I think it's going to be hard to build a competitive roster, especially because of the low scores and there won't be enough birdies to accumulate points. It's going to be a lot of finishing position. I hope everybody follows uh, Model Maniac. Joel, I know you appear on all, all of us. I know, Spencer, you do shows uh, with him as well, uh, and you do content with him on Roto Baller. But he says, Colonel Mustard just killed Joel with a fact check in the draft room. <laughs> An old Clue reference for those of you that are over, I don't know, you got to be over like 35 to get the Clue references at this point. I got Maybe it. 40. Me, yeah. <laughs> Colonel Mustard. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, follow Model Maniac at Model Maniac, by the way. And he does a show right before this one every single night. Um, it's, he's just a great follow for a variety of different reasons. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you about Sid Thagala. I, I think he's a great play. And by the way, I see his ownership right now. It's, it's in that sort of seven-ish percent range. I, I think it's going to be lower than that when it's all said and done. I don't think it's going to top 7%. And for the record, team audience, there is a guy in, in a very similar range as Sahith that I'd love to close our team out with um, that is also at low ownership. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Uh, Tambo, uh, real quick, uh, yes or no on Thigala. I mean, he does seem like good tournament leverage, but is he somebody that you're going to incorporate in your pool? Hey, the thing I would say is going back to the joke with the Siwoo Kim factor, but he reminds me of a $1,000 more Siwoo Kim in the sense that it is boom or bust. I mean, Thigala has been incredible. It's almost like Max Homa in the early days, though, where it was either top five or completely out of it. And that's what you're going to get with him. But the swagger that he has, incredible. Great story if you just watch his game. I still can't believe the bounce that he got, the unfortunate bounce at the waste management. That was just brutal on 17, mm-hmm. where it's that longer par four, or the shorter par four, sorry, and it bounced out the other side. And he just couldn't believe it. Then was in tears after, of course. But great guy to watch. Incredible talent. He's got the upside. People compared his game to Rom. So if you go back to literally the first pick of this draft cast, Again, not there completely, but the idea of that at 8,100, I like the team, I like the pick, and I like the ownership. I've got it around five to seven in that range. Yeah. So yeah, I think you were right on with it, Sia. So definitely like that pick there. I was wondering if he was, if Joel was going to go with Sahith or with Burns because kind of the Max Homa thing you can make, but now it's been a little bit further removed. But I mean, Burns himself finally got a, they wouldn't give him credit until he got a big one and then he got a big one recently. So, you know, I think that's just one of those things you have to look at. But uh, both those guys are very interesting and just, goes more and lends to that balance build again. There's lots of good names in this 8K. And why I mentioned off the top, if you went a Rom or a Scheffler and could just get off these 9K guys for some Homas, some DJs, some Sahiths, some Sam Burns plays, these are all talents you could definitely see up in that top five on Sunday with someone getting lucky and squeaking out a win even. So I, I like the picks. I like the lineup that Joel put together here. Yeah, I think it's a really good tournament lineup for sure. Tambo, yours on the other hand, you got to close it out. Who's going to be your sixth and final guy in your PGA DraftCast team for the PGA Championship? I'm just done. This thing, we have the exact same amount of money left too, right? (laughs) So it's like, of course, I'm probably taking his guy or maybe not. I don't know, but I'm going to go two times Chilean sensations. I'm going to close it out with another live guy, Mindo Pereira. (laughs) This guy is interesting. Again, I knew this was going to happen. I know that this was definitely Spencer's pick. So I do feel bad, but this is a guy that is still ranked think just outside the top 50 in the world again make fun of the live tournaments whatever you want he's one of the guys that's actually showing up in them besides the most recent one but beyond that he was actually showing up in the other ones and then you go back to the masters it's not incredible but it's the 43rd 
before that, the two events that were actually okay, like the Oman and the the um, Saudi International is a pretty big field, a strong field, actually. He was T6 there, second before that to some of the other worldwide events. And then, of course, you go back to PGA Championship, Southern Hills, right there till that last swing. So, I mean, it's just a, a good guy to close out on. I think it's fine. I think if you want to talk about pivots, what if he won that major? What would you say about him and Gary Woodland? Be the same thing, except one guy won a major more recently. One guy is younger, has more mm -hmm. talent, all that can still drive the ball out there, do everything, has a good all-around game. So I don't know. I don't know if this uh, lineup is going to be the favorite on paper, but I think what's cool about it is it's got the top, it's got the female, and then it does not touch the 6K range still. So I like the construction of it. I feel pretty good about it. I apologize, Spencer. Again, now, of course, I take your pick at the very last. I, I expected lineup. it there. When I saw we had the same amount, I, I didn't think this was going to end in a good way for me. <laughs> I love the lineup and I love that you stole another player from Spencer. So Spencer, it's your pick. I love your last pick. I, I like your entire team, frankly. Um, who are you closing yeah. this thing out with? So if Harold Varner would have been on the board, I probably would have taken him. Uh, this is very tricky. So like, I guess I'll just speak this out and, and we'll come up with a decision that way. There's a couple players to me. I think Chris Kirk is intriguing. I really don't want to take Matt Kuchar, but some of the scrambling numbers I have for him are just outrageous compared to the field. I will take, I guess I'll go with my model and I will take Chris Kirk. All right. Chris Kirk. I, he's not somebody that's on my radar, but I don't think he's a bad play. Joel, in or out on Chris Kirk? I was with you. I didn't have him in there, but I agree. For a value play, I think Chris Kirk is, is, a, is a good pick. An audience is in the midst of nominating our final player for Team SIA audience. Uh, Tambo, in or out on Chris Kirk? I will say, he, that's where I was. If he took, if it went the other way and we had to let him steal my pick back and he took Mito, I was going, I was ranking them actually Kirk Kucher, not just to spend the money. That's just how I had them. Kucher, I don't know. I, I guess I could afford to have an old in my lineup, but I just thought that I was trying to keep it, you know, fresh, younger, things like that. So I went with it that way, but I would have went with Kirk and then Kucher, so we were on the same wavelength. All right. Well, it looks like the audience wavelength is, if you can confirm, Adam Scott. It looks like Adam Scott is the guy who was nominated at 7,800. I don't mind the Adam Scott play at all. That's actually not who I had in mind, but I, I don't mind Adam Scott. Um, the player I had in mind, and I don't think he, anyone has him in mind because his ownership is extremely low, rates out pretty well for me, it's uh, Corey Connors. That, yeah. That's who I really wanted to go with, looking at the weighted tee to green, weighted off the tee, weighted approach, Greens in regulation. Oh, by the way, in his last four tournaments, two top tens. That includes a win. Um, I was uh, I was kind of pulling for Connors there. Listen, it's not a sexy play, but he has no ownership. And I am going, going to be more than happy to play plenty of uh, Corey Connors, whether it's to my detriment or not. I love these teams. Though. By the way, before we get some commentary on Adam Scott, we have our first round leaders to go on this show. Just a couple more minutes. Hang on with us because we're going to give out our first round leaders. But Adam Scott, let's go. Let's go. Yes or no, Tambo. I'm going to start with you. Yes or no? I'm going to say less or no. I, I don't know. I think he's much under. He, he's going to be under Tom Kim and Corey Connors, who you said. I like both of those guys a lot more than Adam Scott. One thing about Adam Scott, just quick commentary, and I said it last week. I like him in these weaker fields. This week, he's probably a 30th place. Maybe. I mean, placement points very important this week. So maybe that's a great way to still fit him into your lineup. He's a great value price. He's below the average, but I do like him for for fields that are a lot weaker like last week when he was, again, in the mix in a weaker field. So less on him than others. 
All right, Spencer, yes or no on Adam Scott? Because of the injury concerns around Tom Kim, I think we're going to see ownership that's going to be sub 5%. That's the golfer that I would want to take if directly comparing. And we've seen a really, I guess, bad ball striking. You kind of alluded to that last week, Sia, when it comes to Adam Scott, where the putter's been carrying him. And I just don't know what the upside actually is for Scott in this tournament. And I think Tambo kind of said it best to where if he comes 40th place, that kind of, or 30th place, that kind of seems the most likely scenario. But if I was to swing and throw a dart in this range, it would have been on Tom Kim. All right. All right. Let's take this draft board down. Let's do some first round leaders and get out of here. Tam- Tambo, do you do the first round leader thing? Yeah, I like first round leaders. Uh, I'll, I'll typically bet them closer too, because especially on a week like this, when there's potential weather, now the weather looks like it's more towards the weekend in this case, and you're kind of guessing a little bit, but it's one of those things on Thursday this week, where right now it looks like it's about the same on Thursday, but it's very cold Thursday mm-hmm. morning. So there could be the potential of getting guys in the afternoon, but funny enough on Friday, it's very windy on Friday morning and the afternoon looks like it's let off a little bit. So it's always tough to say, but in this case, I would probably lean to the guys going off in the afternoon, just the way I'm seeing it right now. Yeah. Yeah, Joel, you agree with that? I mean, I, I kind of agree with that. Are, are, are we ready to do the first round leaders? Yeah, let's let's dive right into it. Um, before we wrap up tonight, again, don't forget, if you haven't already, if you're enjoying the show, hit the like button. Give us a follow. If you tune into the Discord for Win Daily, we'll give you our outright bets. We'll update you on the weather plays. If there is an edge, these first round leaders might change by Wednesday night going into Thursday. But as of today, our first round leader plays Spence. You want to kick us off? Who are you looking at in the first round leader market? I once again have not done my homework. I will give something else for this show, which has been a winner every single time I've done it. I will say that I think there's been an overcorrection in the market when it comes to some of these live golfers. I think you do have players like Varner and Neiman and and Mito that I do like, but I think from the high end names, like from a Dustin, I think Kepka's price has gotten a little ridiculous. I'm going to say Sung J M minus 120 in a head to head matchup against Dustin Johnson this week. Mm-hmm. All right. So just ignoring the whole first round leader play well, for a full matchup. All right. I like it. That's my bread and butter. I feel like, you know, C is bread and butter is the first round leader. I will throw in mine with the uh, matchups, but no, I, I forgot to uh, look again. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I forget to look and see it hits another first round leader every single week. So it's a good hey, thing. Don't sell yourself short. Last year you did, or in the last six to eight months, you, you've done some, some heavy lifting in that first round leader market. I appreciate that. All right. Tambo, who are you looking at in the first round? So, man, my guy Spencer, man. You guys want to make it a rivalry. I think it's the best we've ever – this is the best, man. I was about to say my first pick was Sung J.M., 40-1. to 1. I like that much better than some of the other numbers. So, I think, again, he goes off in the afternoon. It will not surprise me to turn it on. And Sung Jay's just tearing up the board at 3-4 under on the first day. And, again, it's a little bit easier out of the gate. Then we'll see the winners probably 5-under, 6-under, the way this weekend shakes out. But – if he just has that good first round, that's what puts him and propels him into the mix. Maybe it's two, three hundred. I don't know what the first round will look like, but I definitely think that Sungjae is a great pick there, and I like him for the first round leader at forty to one. I love it. I love it. I got three plays for the first round leader market this week. Uh, my first two, my first two are guys I drafted. I'll start with Sahith Thigala at seventy to one. I, I, if you're playing first round leaders, I want to get some value. Right, this is the spot to go down and get some big numbers. So my my home run swing is someone we've talked about a lot already in the show and our favorite value plays, Harold Barn III at 100-1. to 1. And my more favorite pick, someone with a little bit of higher odds at the top of the board, 
that I, I like to be a first round leader. Someone we haven't mentioned on the show yet today, Colin Morikawa, 41. Hmm. Well, yeah, Colin hasn't been mentioned at all. A great leverage play, by the way. If you're willing to take that step, he's going to be sub 10% ownership, or at least that's what it's looking like. We'll have the final numbers thanks to Sicily Kid tomorrow. All right, Joel, I guess it's my turn to give out to give out the gold, right? That's why I'm wearing this shirt, because we know who actually is going to be the first-round leader for the PGA Championship. Are we ready? I'm ready. Are you guys, is everybody sitting oh, down? I'm excited, yeah. Tampa, you're sitting down? Okay, great. Yeah. Everybody in the audience sitting down? All right, good. Tony Finau at plus 3,500. I like that. He's not the lock, but I like that. Matthew Fitzpatrick plus 4,000. Terrell Hatton plus 4,500. By the way, I have five of these. I'm sorry, five. Uh, Terrell Hatton plus 4,500. Tommy Fleetwood at plus 5,500. So it's Finau, Fitz, Hatton, Fleetwood, all between 35 and 55 to one. But your first round leader, the lock, the triple mortgage Steal all the money you can play because you're going to want to put on the, put it on this guy and then you can pay everybody back from all the, the stolen funds. It's obviously, it's obviously Ricky Fowler at 66 to one, everybody. He will be your first round leader at the PGA Championship. Long odds, you put a dollar, you win 66. But if you put all of your money on it, it's 66 to one. Of course, this is a bit. I don't want you to actually do that. But I believe in Ricky Fowler. I think he's going to have a great tournament, and I think he's going to be your first-round leader. And with not actually do that, he means you should take your grandparents' money and their home and put that on the first-round leader back. And then you know you are, then you're the greatest grandchild ever because now you can buy them multiple homes because you'll be rich. So you're welcome. That's a wrap for tonight. But before we let you go, a huge, huge, huge thank you to Tambo for joining us tonight. You were excellent. Your insights were really, really awesome. Uh, the lineup looks really good. We will post these lineups on Twitter before the end of the week. Go ahead, check it out. Let us know which team you think was going to win. Give it a vote. We'll check back next week, tally the scores, and actually crown a winner. Before we let you go, Tambo, tell us again about Ship It, where we can find you next, and what else you're doing this week. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Honestly, a ton of fun. This was great. Hope to be back someday on this show. This was incredible, fun stuff. Yeah, you can find me at on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. I put out a thread every Wednesday called Tambo's Tidbits. It features guys like Byron, who we talked about earlier. Lots of great people from around the industry doing great work, you guys included. Lots of great people out there that are doing tons of good content this time of year. I'll be on Mayo's show tomorrow morning. It's a recorded show live in studio here. Gets put out around 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Eastern, somewhere in that range. And then myself and Hoop over at Ship It Nation will be on the Ship It Nation YouTube channel tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's usually going to be our one and only golf premium show, but tomorrow it's a freemium special for the PGA Championship. So show off the site, some of our stuff there, core plays, exposures, player pools, roster construction, talking all through. It'll be the final thoughts of the week for me beyond the premium Discord thereafter. So again, thank you guys so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. It was awesome. Well, you don't need us to tell you how great Tambo stuff is. You've seen it already. It is excellent. And he backed it up tonight on the draft gift with excellent insight, a great draft. Super appreciate you coming on. See ya. Anything we are missing for tonight? Well, we're missing the word freemium in our lexicon because that was awesome. <laughs> Never heard that one before. But most importantly, I just want to say sports. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.